interrupt this program to bring you a quick word from our sponsor. And shout out to Zambezi Group, who is back again this week. For all of you who live in Khabarini, Botswana, they have protective face shields that are growing for only 55 pula. 55 pula only. The shield provides a clear barrier that sits right in front of your face. It also serves as a reminder for you not to touch your face. It is made of food grade clear plastic and it comes in five amazing colors such as navy blue, maroon, black, white and teal. I already got mine so you better get yours. If you would like to order all you have to do is call them on plus two six seven seven four nine eight nine five double eight. That is plus two six seven seven four nine eight nine five double eight. So you can protect yourself and your children from coronavirus okay and let them know that k-w-a-m-a k-w-a-m-e sent you okay let's start the damn show your V-lips get glossy You my main my dessert and my entree To infinity and Beyonce But the nyash and Nicki Minaj It's big, big, big like what, 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 what I said the nyash and Nicki Minaj It's big, big, big like iPhone 10 Plus I am Sweet dick, yo After that Sweet dick, yo y'all grab your cups and get ready to discuss can we talk can we talk now do not (laughs) be fooled by the excitement in my voice because i'm very annoyed right now this episode is about to be an emotional roller coaster okay we're gonna speak out we're gonna laugh we're gonna freak out we're gonna do a lot and i'm also supremely annoyed not only because of what's going on in the world right now is because i have to record this entire episode all over again because lord knows why my iphone does not want to collaborate with me today okay Anyway, hallelujah, hallelujah, culture kids, and welcome to another exciting episode of Can We Talk, the podcast, where we celebrate and critique the best in Afrobeat. My name is K-W-A-M-E, that's Kwame. I guess some people still call me official Kwame. Kwame Kardashian, like I said, is officially dead, although I feel like when I'm inebriated, he might come out just a little bit. But if you are new to the show, welcome. Usually we start the show with me giving... Um, some reflection that I've learned over the week or emotional breakthroughs that I've had just to uplift and inspire you people because I like to share and last week what would we talk about last week I spoke about and this is my favorite quote I'm gonna keep this in mind if you hear anybody else and anywhere else just let them know that I said it first when you're going through life and you're making decisions you need to think about any experience any relationship that you have ask yourself this question is it serving me? And if it is not, is it deserving of me? Okay? But this week, because there is so much craziness going on in the world, I figured let's do something a little bit different, something that I feel is very important. I want to use this platform not only to talk about what we're going through, but what we're talking uh, what we're going through as Africans in the in the terms of art, culture, and music, but I also want to talk about what we're going through right now as a human race. 
okay so for you people who might have been living under a rock i don't know how you might not have heard this an african-american man um, by the name of george floyd who was 46 years old was killed by a police officer a white police officer by the name of derek chauvin on camera derek chauvin had his knee to floyd's neck as he was handcuffed to the ground for nine minutes and restrained by three cops now, a lot of celebrities have come out to speak about this. I feel not enough so far. Or let me say people of influence. Madonna being one of them. And I almost didn't want to talk about this. <laughs> but I'm good. this is not a laughing matter, but we're going to go there anyway. Because I think if you know what I'm talking about, then you've seen it. Madonna put out a video of her adopted son, David Banda, dancing to Michael Jackson's... Um, they don't really care about us, which I think is very fitting for the time that we're going through right now. And obviously inspired what would have been, what is, I guess, now the title of this episode, because I was I did Twitter poll and I couldn't decide between two. It was either going to be a men's world, which we'll talk about later, or this one, which is <laughs> Dance for Your Uncle. Anyway, so Madonna put out a video of her son dancing to um, MJ's they don't really care about us, which obviously is a song that talks about inequality, injustice, police brutality, abuse, and so forth. Now, oh, she put it out with this caption saying, Brutal murder travels around the world. My son, David, dances to honor and pay tribute to George Floyd and his family and all the acts of racism and discrimination that happen on a daily basis in America. Hashtag David Bonda, hashtag justice for George Floyd, hashtag Michael Jackson. And I get it. Plus, poor David is 14 years old. Let him express himself. And I also do believe in the power of, of, of art to effect change. But I can't shake this feeling that the Madonna just slightly missed the mask. Because you know what this video looked like to me and to a lot of other people? Which is what inspired the name of this episode. Is you know when you're with, especially if you're black or African, you can relate. You know when you go to like a family function and your mother or your grandmother or somebody calls you and they say, Hey, oh yeah, Kwame, come here. Come on, be dancing for your uncle. Or come on, show your auntie how you do that new TikTok dance or whatever. That's what this video looked like. It looked like Madonna caught to come and do that. I am so sorry. The internet was having a feel today. They had added so many other sounds and videos and songs. And it's just, ugh. I'm, I hope this poor little boy does not have Instagram or Facebook or any of these things. So he, does, he can't see how people are trolling him because it's not math. Shame. But for me personally, anybody that does... Anyone other than Michael Jackson, or maybe Janet, I'll say, that does Michael Jackson dances or tributes, I just, I can't help but laugh. It just sends me that, like, I, I was crying on the floor when I saw this for the first time. Again, not a laughing matter. I understand what they were going for, but I just, I couldn't. Somebody tweeted that Angelina Jolie's children have 24 hours to, to respond. You are rude, sir, madam, whoever that was. But it was funny, I'm not gonna lie. But listen... I'm going to say this. I hope that this does not kill his morale. This doesn't bring him down. So David Banda, more Vim to you like Vimto. I know I certainly was not thinking like that at 14. I love his activism. I love what he's doing. And he's also a very talented dancer, to be very honest. But bro, keep putting in that legwork and giving a damn about humanity. We love to see it. Also got to say shout out to Nigerian uh, British actor John Boyega, who took to Twitter to share as well. He spoke out and he said, and I quote, This just burns. 
it seems to be a never-ending cycle. The murderers need to be charged severely. Even in the face of death, this man was given zero empathy. And then he referenced George Floyd's killing, stating that although he is American, he's still black. And one of the things that he said is that he doesn't care about his career, putting his career on the line in order to speak up against this. And I think that is really unfair. I don't think it should be a situation of you have to put your career on the line in order to speak out against injustice or to speak out about how you truly feel about these disgusting, heinous crimes that are going on. It shouldn't be like that. People should be allowed to talk about um, their religious or political um, views or their views against, uh, on, on humanity. It, should be, it shouldn't have to cost you your career. That's unfair. Because at the end of the day, people are still human beings. Before they are these stars that you hold to unnecessarily high standards that you are forcing, cancer, that you are canceling, and whatever it is, they're human beings. They are part of our humanity. Also got to say shout out to my favorite Nigerian content. Well, not my favorite Nigerian content creator, but one of my favorite um Content creators, Jackie Aina, she also took to her platform on, on uh, her Instagram story and she called out fashion brands such as Fashion Nova Revolve and Pretty Little Thing. And she encouraged them to speak up during this time. She said, especially because they profit from black aesthetics and culture, the least that they could do is perhaps maybe donate to the families of the affected. Say something. Um, another people, a group of people she brought up is people who have been called out for and apologized for using racial slurs or doing blackface. She said, and I completely agree, that this is the time to prove how sympathetic you really are to the community. I think, for example, when coronavirus started, people were finding captions in order to get people to buy their products during a worldwide pandemic. I think it is also of equal importance for you to show that same solidarity in times like this. And of course, not all ph philanthropy has to be loud. But bro, it'd it be like this one you fall out of, to be very honest. You know, and I do like that people are holding establishments responsible. So thank you, Jackie Aina, for reass reaffirming um, the importance, to me at least, the importance of speaking up and showing solidarity. So to anybody who's listening to this, whether you're signing petitions, protesting, posting to raise awareness, educating yourself on what's going on, find a way that you can contribute because this is a humanity issue. I don't care if it was 10 lives, 3 lives, 1,000 lives, so long as one person has had to go through this crime, it's something that involves all of us because you've robbed someone of their humanity, of their God-given right to live. Do you hear me? Okay, now this Derek Chavon character, uh, I can't even because he, I did a little bit of research. I have some bullet points here. I'm not going to get into all of them, but he has a history of police brutality and police violence. And when I was even getting into this topic and wanting to talk about it to, to open the show, I was unsure of how to even approach this. I didn't know what to say and how. So I chose that I would just really just speak from the heart. And for me, what this honestly looks like and feels like is it feels like the gun has become the new noose. noose, you know, that they used to hang our people from in trees and kill us from. Do you know what I'm saying? I feel universally what police officers are supposed to do is they're supposed to be there to serve and protect the people. They are not there to murder us. They are not there to take us from our families. They are not there to kill our brothers, our sons, our uncles, our mothers, our aunties. Do you know what I'm saying? These are people who have dreams and aspirations, who could have become something in life. And you have cut their lives short because of your own mental problems? Disgusting. I completely agree when they, when 
people say that we need allies in order to combat racism. I get it. I understand. But it is not us. <laughs> Black people are not the problem. The only reason why people are looting and rioting is because they're sick and tired. They're exasperated. People have tried to peacefully protest. And it wasn't working. So what happens when you push people to the wall? They get mad and they act out. And this is what... This is what... Black people didn't do anything but exist for this to become our problem. This is a white people issue. You have the problems. Whoever is a racist person, this is you as a racist person, this is your problem. Get your people. I don't just want white people standing behind us or just standing with us. I want them to get in front of us. Do you hear what I'm saying? Like Rihanna said, when we're talking about the Sandra Blands and the Trayvon Martins of the world, tell your friends to pull up. Hold all, your, all of your friends accountable as well. Do you know what I'm saying? Because we are human beings. Of course, this is a race issue. But first of all, this is infringing on so many rights of humanity and morality and ethical code of what's right and wrong. If you, in order for you to feel self-worth, in order for you to feel superior, if you have to dehumanize and to kill someone and to lower them, to bring them, to overcome them, to have them so overcome with fear that you bring them to their knees, then you have the problem. We are not the problem. I, getting into this, there's, and the thing is, I understand, I had been, like many people probably, because you hear about this so often, I had at a point become desensitized to it. I'm not going to lie. But with this, I don't know what struck me. So I wasn't even this um, vocal and as active with coronavirus, to be, very, to be very honest. But I don't know what it is about this particular case that I just could not just sit back. This is not for me just an American problem. This is a violation of our God-given right to live. I am scared for America right now, especially because I have family there. And it's like, America, bro, why do you, or the worldwide, bro, why do you love my culture and my people, but you hate me so much? Why do you steal from my culture, profit off the lives of my ancestors, and then pay me back in the blood of my brothers? Why? Why does my Africanness, why does my, the color of my skin, why is it so threatening to you? Hmm? And if the color of my skin is so threatening, bro, as my mother would say, Cleof, just Cleof, I can't... I, it, it can't be because my blackness, my features, my tone, my rhythm, my blood, my bones, my soul. This is not something that I would ever want to change. And this is not something that I would ever change for anything in the world. Not even for all the gold that you done stole from us. I'm speaking to the colonialists right here. I, I know you know. Okay? So, for any black person that is in the world, and especially black Americans, I'm not going to scream at you to say come back to Africa, because I understand that America, for African Americans, for example, that is your house, that is a country, a home that you have built for yourself. That may be all you know, and you may not know how to reconnect with where your ancestors are from. But I want to tell you this. It is no coincidence that last year, the year of 2019, was the year of return that marked 400 years since the abolishment of slavery. And I think it is no coincidence that we are basically currently living in the state of a revolution right now. We are witnessing and a part of it right now. And all I want to say to 
anybody, any black person across the world, wherever it is that you live, especially black Americans or anybody who has ever been subject to racism, I want you to know that Africa, anywhere else that you live can be your house, but Africa will always be your home. The door is open for you to return and it will stay that way forever. You are free to come back and help us build our land, help us progress, help us develop. It is there for you. Okay? Okay, now that we've done all of the important stuff, let's get into our first segment of the show. This is the segment that we call President, a.k.a. Presidu, where we give our flowers where flowers are due. We celebrate Africans doing dope work from any and everywhere. First up, Goldie Bedema, who is a Ghanaian food and catering entrepreneur based in the UK. She has a company called G's Kitchen, and she's starting this series on IGTV that I think is really dope called wine wednesday where she basically tastes different wines and gives you like a song that you can listen to to go with the wine and if you're a young wino like myself i think you should definitely get into it i think she's definitely one to watch especially if you're a thick girl who loves food and like soft glam jordan woods-esque type makeup goldie might be the girl for you her handle is at goldie underscore bedema bedema is spelled g b e d e m a that's g b e d e m a okay moving on to another one of my new favorite content creators there's this guy by the name of joko soft who i cannot for the life of me remember where i've seen him before but i know i know him but he's a content creator sports fashion retailer and sex relationship advisor He's a TikToker, he has a little bit of a podcast, but his most popular work, I think, is on his YouTube. He has a series called The Gnashing Guide, and there he gives, he talks about various topics, everything from apps that will save your relationship, to sex on the first date, to how to sign documents on your phone. He's got it for you. So if you feel like that is content that you would like to get into, do check him out. His handle is at Jokosoft, that is spelled D-J-O-K-O soft underscore, okay? D-J-O-K-O soft underscore and on the topic of sex. Shall we get into this? Okay, so we're going to get into our next segment. It's called I Just. And this is where we talk about everything that you guys have been talking about on the internet. Now, oh, God. Hmm. This wasn't necessarily stuff that people were talking about, but this came up in... I think my browser was somewhere. I don't know where I found the story, but I wanted to talk about it because this is something that needs to be talked about. There's a 24-year-old Ghanaian man who has been sentenced to three years in jail after he tried to extort his girlfriend of 3,000 Ghana cities because he was trying to post nude videos of her on the internet. So I guess he was saying, if you don't pay me 3,000 Ghana I'm going to post the videos, the nudes of you. And he did it anyway. Here's the thing I don't understand. You're in a relationship with someone, right? Why can't you keep those kind of things private? Like, I'm in a relationship with you. So when the relationship is over, why would you now come to be posting my distance on the internet? Listen, let this be a lesson to everyone. Revenge porn is very real. You will go to jail, okay, if you share people's nudes and things without their consent in public platforms or to your friends or to whoever. And I feel like if you want to share nudes, share your own damn nudes. Start an OnlyFans. Make money. Megan the stallion that ish. Do you know what I'm saying? Make some coin off your own body. Stop trying to illegally post coochie for clout. Sling your own damn dick. Jeez. 
Anyway, oh my gosh, also happening in Ghana, when I saw this on the internet, I was crying. (sighs) Now, this past week was, um, there was a day, I think it was on the 28th of of May, Menstrual Hygiene Day. And there was a flyer going around about a panel discussion that they were having um, around, well, okay, let me just read the caption. It was a caption put out by Israel Lai, who's an award-winning journalist. He said, join us and let's have this chat, this conversation about menstrual hygiene that marks Menstrual Hygiene Day. Conversations such as these help demystify a subject that has unfortunately been made a taboo. Now, I do like when my gender reaches out to the opposite gender to try and understand their struggles and the things that they go through. But what was finishing me is that when I saw the flyer for this, right, it says, Girls Flow Free Presents. <laughs> it's a men's world. Men's spelt M-E-N-S-E, as in <laughs> menstruation, as in menstrual, as in men's. It's a men's world. Who is on the panel, you may ask? Reverend Moses Asari, Israel Liar, Dr. Henry Godson Afu, Kwame Edu, and Dr. Michael Adu Darko. Does anything look strange to you here? <laughs> Is anything busting your brain? Because for me, I don't seem to understand how you are having a conversation about men's, I mean, sorry, about female men's. How you are having a conversation about something that women go through, but you are not having the women on the, pod, on the panel discussion. There is not even one woman, not even one woman on this panel to discuss issues and struggles that women go through. Excuse me, as a man, to my fellow men, what is it that you really know about what women go through if you don't have them on the panel? Now, apparently, because people were coming at him and I guess the rest of the panel during the week, apparently, according to him, they did have an all-female panel the day before, They were about to have this panel discussion, but they still went ahead and did this anyway. And I'm just like, bro, you could really could have had like a 50-50 conversation so that it's an educational back and forth where women are saying, okay, this is what we go through. And men say, oh, okay, I can't quite relate, but I understand you. I mean, for example, Reverend Moses Asari, who, (laughs) bro, (laughs) no shade to him, but bro, he told the story during this panel discussion of how a member of his church called him late at night who was suffering from severe um, menstrual cramps. And he went over to their house to go and pray for them, to be binding demons to remove the pain that she was experiencing. I mean, and he said only after that did he realize that it was not a spiritual something or pain that she was going through. It was a physical pain. What else in the world could you possibly think that menstrual cramps and things are? Like, this is, I, what, I, I just, make it make sense. Make dimensis, men's, please make dimensis, make sense. Like, uh, for example, even Dr. Um, Jenry, okay, not not him, not him, Jenry, I mean Henry. Kwame Edu is an IT product owner. First of all, what is an IT product owner? Like, if I own an information technology product, does that make me an IT product owner? Like, for example, if I own an iPhone, does that mean that I am an IT product owner? And what exactly was he coming to contribute to this conversation? Like, I am all for... Listen, fine, I get it. Educate yourselves on the struggles of the opposite gender, okay? So that you better know how to relate to them. But I don't see how you can possibly do that without having the source of those struggles there. 
This is like white people telling black people how to feel about white privilege or racism. <laughs> or if, okay, let's not make it a race issue since people are in their feelings. It's like trying to explain what the color of the sky is, but you personally have never seen the color blue in your life. Do you get how crazy that sounds? That's exactly what the situation looks like right here. Like, bro, just present the source. <sighs> anyway, <sighs> I can't even. There was another versus IT battle. This time it featured dance hall legends, Beanie Man and Bounty Killer. I didn't get to watch the full thing, but I caught up with the highlights on the internet. I thought it was really dope. It was streamed live from Kingston, um, Jamaica. It was the Memorial Day Sound Clash edition of Swiss Beats and Timberland's flagship IG Live series that decided to jump into reggae, reggae and dance hall this time. I thought very necessary because I also thought that this was a great peek into kind of where it seems that beat battles like in the hip-hop community came from. I think it does and it probably does stem from um, Jamaican sound systems and this back and forth. So I thought it was really dope. Basically, everybody was there. Shaggy was there. I mean, virtually, obviously, and in the comments. Shaggy was there. Busta Rhymes was there. Rihanna, obviously, was there. Even the Prime Minister of Jamaica, Andrew Holness, was there. But some of the things that stuck out the most for me was the fact that this is the first time that I've actually seen an IG battle between two artists where they have actually physically been in the same room, which I thought was really dope. Also, the fashions. Come on. I mean... Of course, that Jamaican. Did you think they were not going to do it? Bounty Killer was wearing a Fendi jacket and Beanie Man was wearing Gucci pants as they should. But then the Popo tried to come and shut the thing. Yes, the police showed up, the cops showed up, and they tried to shut down the party. I don't know why. But yeah, Rihanna was even in the comments saying, F the police tell the Popo to go home. And the police did go on. Go home and then they continued their IG battle. And it was all fun. So, shout out to them. I thought it was really dope just to see them go back and forth. Oh, <laughs> wait a minute. Did anybody see when, <laughs> if you ever see, when um, Buster, uh, no, not Buster, I'm sorry. Beanie Man and Bounty Killer were going back and forth on the Paul Bearers, the Ghanaian Paul Bearers theme song. <laughs> you know what? You just, sh 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 keep quiet. I'll play it for you right now. Have you ever heard anything more iconic in your life? <laughs> now, the thing that pissed me off actually towards the end is that through this, I guess we found out that Instagram has this new boring policy because Mark Zuckerberg just cannot allow us to have our nice things. They have this new policy where you cannot play more than 90 seconds of a song that is owned by a major record label, even if the artist is playing their own song for some reason. It's like, bro, can, like, do you have to make money off everything? Even during the time that we are, like, in the middle of a pandemic, of a worldwide pandemic, can we just have fun sometimes? Like, is it not hard enough that we have to stay in our houses 24-7 for God knows how long? Ah, anyway, moving on to Congo, Congolese designer of contemporary brand Hanifa. Is it 
I don't know if it's Hanifa or Anifa. And it's just with an H. Anyway, she debuted her latest fashion collection on Instagram Live using 3D models. Now, for me, this actually wasn't the first time that I've seen something like this. There's a visual, a 3D visual, um, visual artist by the name of Gobisiko on Twitter that did something similar to this. He's Ghanaian. That did something similar to this about a year ago. And I saw someone call him out. I think it was um, Nana Poli call him out. Um, well, bring this to people's attention because I did see this when it was released. He did uh, more, I guess, Ghanaian-inspired clothing, but it was really dope, and I liked Hanifa's as well. So shout-out to him for doing that, and shout-out to Hanifa. People are calling this the future of fashion shows, but Hanifa says that... Is it Hanifa or Hanifa? Girl, I'm so sorry. She says that she actually had plans to do this digital show long before the stay-at-home stay-at-home orders came due to the COVID-19. If you have not seen the show, there's everything from colorful backless ribbed dresses representing Congo's flag colors to curve-hugging maxi dresses completed with detailed pocket pockets and side ruching. And the finale gown was this floor-length, silk, brilliant, beautiful, just... Beautiful gowns, gorgeous gowns. We love to see it. So if you guys want to check it out, you can check her out on Instagram. Her handle is at Hanifa Official Black. Hanifa spelled H A N I F A Official Black. Apparently, this is all from her new collection, Pink Label Congo. I like it. Moving on to Def Jam, Universal Music Group has launched Def Jam Def Jam Africa, which is a Pan-African label division following the blueprint of Def Jam's recordings, according to a press release. I like it. Now their roster features a bunch of Nigerian and South African artists, and clearly this is supposed to be like a house of hip hop because Def Jam is known for their hip hop and R&B artists. Um, South African artists such as Boyti, Casper Nyovest, Nadia Nakai, Nasty C, Tseho, Telemann, Ricky Tyler, who I'm not too familiar with, an artist called Vector, and Larry Gaga from Nigeria. So shout out to all of them and shout out to Def Jam and Universal. Like, clearly, see, here's the thing. For me, it's not even about taking Africa. I've said this before. It's not even about taking Africa to the rest of the world anymore. The rest of the world must just come to us because the time is here. Like they said, and we discussed in the reading this last week, Africa is not a passing fad. Afropeats is not a fad. We are here. We have been here. And we are here to stay forever. You guess me? On the topic of Nigeria, multiple award-winning Nigerian singer Davido has announced that his 2017 song, Fall, has been certified gold in the United States of America. So shout out to you, Davido. This is coming days after the, show, the song was certified gold in Canada. And it was certified double platinum in South Africa. And as of the 27th of March, 2024, is officially the most watched Nigerian music video on YouTube. Love to see it. And we are flying on Arik Air today, again. Because clearly there's a lot of Nigerians doing this. Which, I'm not mad. Anyway, remember a couple weeks ago we talked about the... Apple Music Africa Now radio show that was hosted by Ebro Darden. Guess what? They have a new host. This time it is now, well, I guess from now until who knows when, it is going to be hosted by DJ Cuppy, who is an uber popular Nigerian-born producer and DJ, and it's a spinoff of the Africa Now playlist on Apple Music. Now, on the show, um, 
Cuppy, who was who grew up in between Lagos and London, will play the latest African sounds, including Afrobeat, Altay music, house, ama piano, um, bongo flavor, and everything in between. She's gonna have a bunch of artists and celebrities on there, and to announce it, she even did a FaceTime with radio host Ebro Darden, and bless her heart, she looked so happy. But do you remember when we talked about the Africa? And now a radio show a couple of weeks ago on the podcast when Ibro Darden was hosting it. Remember how I said that I felt it would have been better if they had one of our own host the shows, considering it is about African content. I understand. It seems like it's a Africa to the world kind of thing. Whatever. But I would have preferred if it was hosted by one of our own people. I don't know if Apple Music heard our outcry or perhaps this was already in the plan. Maybe perhaps... Um, Ibra was supposed to lay the foundation, get people excited, and then they're just like, okay, so this is who we're bringing in. And honestly, I'll take it. I know a lot of people troll <laughs> DJ Cuppy for her music or whatever, but I'm ready to give her a chance because when I think about it, I see it. I understand why Apple Music chose her. From a branding perspective, she's fun, she's colorful, she's a DJ and an artist. She has the numbers, she has the background to support it. She's well-traveled and she's very easily marketable to an international audience. So like I said, she takes all the bosses. Um, I didn't see it coming, but I get it. I think the only thing that people are itching to see is what is the substance of the content going to look like? So personally, I'm here for it, especially considering that Cuppy has soldiered on through the years and years that people have been trolling her online. And I understand She's a billionaire's daughter, okay? So people are always going to hold this air of privilege over her head, which I think, to be very honest, makes it so much harder for her to be able to exceed because she has to prove herself 10 times or a billion times harder than anybody else would have to because of her privilege, you know? And full vim to you, sis. Vive is still one of my favorite songs. The song that features um, Sakura If you guys haven't heard it, I think you should check it out. I'm going to just say it. I'm a cupcake now. Let's go. Let's do it. Now, the first episode is going to air on the 31st of May. And which is actually live in a couple of days, depending on when you listen to this. And Cuppy is going to be introducing new audiences to or audiences to new forms of African music and fuse contemporary and traditional music and end the show with a 10 minute DJ mix of tracks from the African Now playlist, which I noticed I went through since it's already out. There's a lot of songs that we have in our playlist over here, over at Can We Talk, that are in the African Now playlist. So what I'm just saying is, you know what I'm saying, Apple Music. Come and advertise, bro. We got <laughs> we got space for you. Anyway, on the topic of Africa, last week we talked about the Africa Day Benefit Concert, which was hosted by um, Idris Elba. And for people who do not know, Africa Day is a holiday intended to celebrate and acknowledge the success of the organization of the African unity from its creation from uh, 1963 in the fight against colonialism and apartheid, as well as the progress that Africa has made. This year, the theme was silencing the guns in the context of COVID-19. It's like they knew everything that was going to be happening this year with police brutality and, and coronavirus. So I thought this was very apt. And to be very honest, I didn't watch the entire show. It was like two and a half hours long because I've realized I appreciate um organizations doing these live shows 
um, to give us entertainment and to raise funds and all of that. But it's, I, I don't know if I want to watch two and a half hours of acoustic performances. You know what I mean? But anyway, the Benefit concert was streamed and broadcast to millions of viewers across the continent um, on MTV's channels and on MTV Base Africa's YouTube channel. Now, Stoneboy from Ghana performed. Um, so did Manifest and a whole bunch of other artists. But let's talk about this. Because, of course, I'm going to want to talk about not just my Ghanaian side. I'm going to want to talk about my Tanzanian people as well, okay? Diamond Platinum's, his performance at this African Day Benefit concert is the only performance that you need to see. I, like, no shade to any of the other artists, but we, we, we don't need to see anything else. Listen, he gave us a full, proper performance in his house. When you watch this video... Diamond Platinum's is lying in his bed, all comfy, looking rich. And then you see this beautiful dancer, fully dumb of face beats, you know, dress up and everything. She walks, like she saunters into the into his bedroom, brings him breakfast, lays it on his bedside table, which is next to a gold microphone. And then, I mean, extra. I love it. Diamond Platinum then gets up straight out of bed in this gold and black, luxe, comfy nightgown, grabs his microphone and just starts... Full performance, straight out of bed. I was living. And then he's walking through his house. He goes into his closet with his like 20 million thousand pairs of shoes. He gives us a full, basically a full tour of his three-story bastion. And I'm here for every single bit of it. He literally had three full drum sets set about in different corners of his house. He took us outside by the pool, showed like his 10 cars. He has like three or four Prados. He showed us his case of numerous awards and it was just everything. Just, oh, I love that he's so extra. And if you people want to know where I get all of my extraness from, it probably is my Tanzanian blood. I like it and I'll claim it. And shout out to Tanzania also. Uh, shout out to T Diamond Platinum's period. You guys have got to see it. Honestly, really and truly. But shout out, shout out to my home country, Tanzania. Apparently, they're building um, a hydropower station that is costing $3.6 billion. But it will create uh, 5,400 jobs and produce... 2,000, over 2,000 megawatts of electricity. So, loves it. Let's keep doing that. Now, let's move on to this last thing that we have to talk about during iGIST. Okay, boys and girls, hold down to your horses. I might get on my soapbox, soapbox again. <sighs> Moving back into Ghana, Ghanaian artist Akunta Kente raised, posed a question on his Twitter this past week. And he asked, did I pioneer, as in him, not me, <laughs> did he pioneer the Alte music scene in Ghana? Now, last week we talked about Alte music, yes? And for me, my definition of Alte music is alternative to mainstream popular music of African origin with Western and local pop, trap, and R&B influences, okay? So that's Alte music. This is like your Odunsis or Kuntikentes and what have you, right? And at first thought, I thought, hmm, perhaps Okuntikente pioneer alte music scene in Ghana? Kind of, sort of, with obvious comparison to Odunsi the Engine, who coincidentally also went to um, Ashesi, the university in Ghana. Now, Kuntikente's music is kind of, I would describe it as 
pop, alt, rock with house influences. And then Odunsi is more disco, trap, R&B. And conveniently, they did collaborate on Odunsi's debut project, Happy Hour. I'm sorry, uh, on his debut project, Time of Our Lives, on a song called Happy Hour. And of course, when you see their imagery and their kind of style, it is easy to link the two of them because this is what a lot of people were bringing up. But upon reflection, I don't agree. Okay, and I gotta say a special shout out to producer and creative and artist Edwin who tweeted this and I agree with this statement. He said, for non-creators, a thing doesn't begin existing the moment you decide to pay attention to it. Online discourse can sometimes be ahistorical because, but it doesn't mean that they aren't people who put in the work before the movements, scenes, spaces, and or ideas become hyper-visible. And I 100% agree with what he said, because this is exactly why I created this platform, such as Can We Talk the Podcast, to be able to share, document, um, and celebrate our creativity, our music, our culture, our art, and everything. And throughout the ages, I feel that not enough of it has been documented in the way that perhaps the West documents their culture. You know, that's why I feel platforms such as Native, um, Magazine, Call Art Blog, Hamatan Rain, Ayamula are so important. For me, my introduction to this alte scene or alternative music, even from a blogging perspective, was Accra.alt, which is a blog that I don't know if many people are familiar with, but they have been documenting um, alternative culture in Ghana for quite a while. And even, for example, with this podcast. Podcasting is nothing new, okay? Like, looking at things like perhaps Decaf Live, if you may be familiar with it, they have been critiquing and curating music in live discussion and podcast form long before I started doing it. The space, the language was already there, and this is just simply my interpretation of doing something similar, but doing it in my own way. But that doesn't mean that what I'm doing right now did not exist before. And when I started to dis- um, dissect the concept of what a pioneer is in almost any field, I went on to the Googleator, as I call it. <laughs> I asked Siri for the definition of a pioneer. Now, a pioneer is described as a person who is among the first to explore or settle a new in a new country or area, or a person who is among the first to research and develop a new area of knowledge or, or activity. So now we go back to the question, is Okunta Kente a pioneer? I don't think so. Perhaps I could say that he is a trailblazer for his time targeting mainstream Ghana. Yes, because to me... When I first encountered his music, he was revolutionary. And I still wear some of his merch that I stole, by the way, for someone who I might have stolen it from. They might be listening to the podcast. I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. But to me, when I encountered his music for the first time, I thought he was revolutionary in Ghana because I hadn't seen the type of alternative music that I grew up seeing on MTV being displayed in a Ghanaian context. And this was like on GH1, TV3, things like that. So to answer the question... I do not agree that he was the first nor the only person to pioneer alternative culture or music in the country. Because I also think that it's very possible, and it is, I don't just think so, it is very possible to be an alternative artist and to still be mainstream. Because, for example, a mainstream artist, to give you an idea, would be someone like Kitty. And then Darko Vibes could be someone that you could consider alternative. 
But then an alternative artist doesn't mean that you are you can't become mainstream because I would consider Darker Vibes to be a very successful mainstream alternative artist. Even for I don't know why people don't bring this up enough. Warning, my gingam is about to jump out. Ifia, for example, I would consider during her beginning, her start and her career, this is I'm talking like 10 years ago, I could say that she is an alte artist or an alternative artist because when she was making soul and R&B music, that's not what was popular at the time. That's not what you were hearing all over the radio. Correct me if I'm wrong. And that's why when you see artists, new generation artists now, 10 years later, such as Amare, Adoma, Sina Soul, Rio Boss and what have you, they fall under the umbrella of alte, or you could say that they that they do. And this is a category that I feel that you could also put a fear under, kind of, if you were speaking in the present day context. Even though now, um, soul and R&B music and, and the sort has become more mainstream and more popular. But going back to Edwin, he brought up an artist that I'm so glad he did because it's an artist I'm such a fan of, Sony Achiba who is a legend that was mixing and singing in tree, but making dance pop that had Bollywood music in it. And he, when he was making music, he reminded me of my personal Sri Lankan British Alte Queen, MIA, because they have, she has a song called Jimmy from her Maya album that samples a old Bollywood song that Sony Achiba also sampled in his song that I think is called Oh Sunny or something of the sort. And I say all of this to say that, listen, there were festivals like Chaliwate or are festivals like Chaliwate, Asabaku, artists like Jojo Abbott that I discovered on Accra.alt, DJs like Stilo, um, stores like Finders Keepers or El Loco. There's live Wednesdays at Republic, concerts at Alliance Francaise with artists like Vili and the Extreme Volumes. All of these existed before, during, and after Okuntu Kente was making music. So Alte culture has always been there. So I will play devil's advocate and say that Okuntu Kente was simply posing the question to invoke discourse, which I absolutely enjoy. That's why we have this podcast. And I hear him. I get what he means. But no. Would I consider him a pioneer? For Alte culture in Ghana, no. For the 2010s, I could say that he is an important story in the history of alternative music in Ghana, but I wouldn't necessarily consider him a pioneer. Who is a pioneer? At this point, I don't know. I would say that all I see now is trailblazers that continue to champion and evolve the culture because, after all, there is nothing new under the sun. Anyway, that brings us to the end of I Just. So you know what that means. Shall we review? First up on the chopping block this week, Ghanaian artist, producer, guitarist, and leader of the band Musical Lunatics, Nikwe, has finally put out his seven-track debut EP, Atomic Muse. If you've ever met Nikwe in person, he's such a, he's just a nice, genuine guy. He just looks like joy. It's so annoying. <laughs> I'm joking. I absolutely love him. But um, yeah, so the project is a Afro pop and fusion EP. And, and reading the track list for the project, it reads like a roll call for artists that he has worked with over the years that he obviously has great relationships with, such as Sina Soul and Kojo Q. And little known fact, Nikwe has actually worked on a lot of 
your favorite songs <laughs> in Ghana. He's worked on songs like Tomorrow, like by Darko Vibes, You and Me by Joey B. The list goes on and on and on. But getting into this project, first of all, I absolutely love the artwork. There's an animated image of Nikwe set to a purple background with flowers and like a music record and he has a halo around his head. I think it's a great work of art. It's like something you could hang up in your house. I think it would make excellent merchandise. And even before we get into talking about this, I honestly want to see, I want a concert <laughs> for this project. I think it would be nice to see all of the artists go back and forth um, and perform this project. So the project opens with a song called Remember Me that features Good Girl La um, and Sister Derby, which I think was the perfect opener, getting straight into the jams. And then you Uber into track two, um, which is a song by CJ Biggerman. And CJ Biggerman has actually <laughs> been making waves for quite a hot second because he performed at Mr. Easy's Dirty Rave, I think, was it last year? It was last year, it was 20, 2019. And he was brought up by Rick Ross because he, he rapped for him in Rick Ross. That's an American rapper, Rick Ross. Thought he was really dope. So, yeah, those are the first two tracks. Remember Me is actually one of my favorites of the project so far. But then you get into this. Track three is a song that features uh, Ghanaian artist Biko and a female singer by the name of Ali, who I have actually not heard of before. Absolutely love this song because giving me like miguel vibes almost and i like ali but when i was listening to the song i was listening to it in the shower and i couldn't shake this feeling that i would actually like to hear biko on a song with soul with Ghanaian soul jazz artist maya i think the two of them would sound really dope together but this song to me sounds like you know, here, my Pisces is going to jump out. You know how I get with my fanciful descriptions of things and where you are in your life or whatever. Okay, so hold on to your horses. For me, <laughs> this song sounded like, you know when you find that concrete relationship in your late 20s and you guys are together, it's your first year in and you're really comfortable with each other and you're working as a unit and you're slowly falling into sync and you've now established like a date night for yourself and you basically live at each other's places and in that relationship you're either away like a year away from getting engaged or this is your last real relationship before you find the one that's what this sounds like <laughs> this sounds like an uh a song for that era of your life or that era of your relationship, even though the subject matter is about um, being in a relationship and you're fought with your with your significant other and you've kind of like ignored each other. But then you big, put on your big boy pants and you apologize. And then because now you have healthy communication, you know how to speak to each other, and you know how to apologize to each other and then you have like great makeup sex afterwards. That's what the song Anger is about. And honestly, there's only so much I can say about this song. We have no choice but for you to decide for yourself, and I'm going to play it for you. saying if you like biko actually if you like nigerian artist brimo 
I think you would like Biko as well. Biko actually has this other song out, his own single called Mafewo. Really dope video. I think you should check it out. If you liked the song, I think you should check that out as well. He just reminds me of those R&B singers that woo all of the girls and then keep on touring well into their 50s and 60s. I, I see the potential. I, I feel like he, he could be that. So shout out to him and shout out to Ellie. Shout out to Nikwe on this production. Such a good song. Next up is Bo, which is a God song about longing for love. And it's actually not bad. It features a scene of soul. And as I was listening to it, I was like, ah, but why do I hear a guy's voice? But I'm only seeing Sina soul in the credits. Do you know why? It's because Nikwe is singing on the song. And it's not bad. I'm not mad at it. I'm not surprised that this um this song is here because him and Sina Soul have been working together for quite a while. It was bound to happen. And I wasn't I wasn't mad at the song. I think he has a pretty uh decent voice. Obviously he's a musician, so he's been around artist so long you pick up a few skills. Um and then oh Nee, you have done it again. There's a song called Baby is Baby. Um that features Tania and One Love the Kubolo. Absolutely love this song. Another one of my favorites. One Love for me, I have never heard him deliver a bad verse. He's such a witty, such an intellectual, funny, versatile artist. Love it. Love this song. And Tania, I think, is someone that people should be keeping their eye on. Her song, Jolie, is one of my personal favorites. It was actually ADDJ who uh, put together the, the mix list, who put me on that song because he threw it in there. And I was just like, hmm, what's that? It sounds nice. Just give me time, baby. C'est toi et moi, baby. Anyway, um, the project then closes with Juju by Boyd and Aquile by Kojoku, which I thought one bad. All around, I think it's a great project, especially as a debut. I think it showed off his ear as a producer and his skills as a musician in the a and of this project. So, and to playlist, I think you definitely have to have Anger. I already told you one of my favorite songs. I was listening to it in the shower, and as soon as I got out, I was like, I need that song now. I added it to two of my two of my personal playlists before I even put it in the playlist for this show. Um, also, BB, if you want to get into it, I think is really dope. And if you want to add some extras, Bo and Remember Me. What's the score? I think I will give it a very fair 6.8 out of 10. So yeah, that's what I think of Atomic Muse by Nikwe. Now, brace yourself because this project, goddamn, goddamn. I almost, I think I said this on the podca podcast last week. I almost reviewed it in the podcast last week because I was so excited about this project. I had no idea it was going to be this good, even though I should have known. Nigerian R&B soul singer and sometimes pop star, World, has a new EP out called Afro Soul. So good. So, so good. First of all, World is a great performer. I saw him perform at Afrochella um in ghana about two years ago and i met him in lagos before the, i don't think he even remembers this because i had gone to do some work there um with axe 
as in the deodorant, and I was introduced to him through his management. But also, I was in the club at the time. I was drinking a little bit too much champagne. So I kind of remember it. I don't know if he remembers that. But um, yeah, so I met him then, and he has blue hair. So I, you know me on color. I was like, colorful hair, don't care. Hi, this seems like my brethren right there. Because I, at the time, I think I had blue hair and sea green hair, obviously candy crochet, because you know me. So he just stuck in my mind. And after I was introduced to him, I was like, okay, I definitely have to check out his music. And yeah, my introdu- introduction to him was his song Show You Off of his Love is Contagious EP. And then last year he did an EP with Sound God Sars, who is not and will never be your mate. <laughs> an EP called I Love Girls With Trouble, which has also some of my favorite songs by World and Sars. And World, honestly, all around as an artist is shwerking. Like, this man is putting in the work. He recently performed at the Billboard at Live... Um, Billboard at Home live series, which we talked about last week. And he's also been working with trailblazing artist Asha, as a Nigerian artist Asha, as in, I'm talking to you, Jayla. That Asha, which I think is huge. For me, I can remember when Asha dropped her debut album. Was it her debut? The one that was called, the self-titled one? I remember when it was released and I went to the store in Botswana, called Musica to go and get it or no I lie my best friend's dad had it but I had seen it in Musica and I wanted to buy the physical CD I think somebody in my family must have bought it and I put it on and I used to play it back to back that um Jayla and Fire in the Mountain used to be my favorite songs it's it's just out of this world that the two of them are working together I cannot wait to see what's going to happen but world for people who may not know has such an extensive background as a singer before he was even a solo artist. He's worked with American artists such as Mario, B.O.B. And yeah, but let's get into the project, okay? It's called Afro Soul. And the first track, National Anthem, is not my favorite, but I thought it was a decent intro to the project. But it basically was setting the scene because it was a very hold on to your hats, your wig glue, because it's about to be an astronomical ride into afro soul music the next track is ghost town which he performed at um, color x studios which is like a hip-hop r&b um blend about the struggles of trying to make it on your own and i feel like this song is a song that anybody can relate to no matter what you do you can relate to the frustration of just trying to make it on your own the vocal production the production like on this song and the whole project so so good him and his team are not skimping on sound. It's so enigmatic and there's just so much substance. And what I love about not just the song, but the rest of the project is it sounds so grown and sexy, yet so youthful at the same time. It is this kind, it's the kind of project that you put on when, you know, when you're really growing into yourself and you're starting to see what traits of your parents has been passed down to you and you're just a lot more sure and fearless like this is that kind of project now about a month ago he put out a song called love nobody i have i it missed me to be honest but it was only a month okay (laughs) so forgive it with a video flaming now in the video there's a whole bunch of black and leather there's a vintage drop top convertible and you see world being kidnapped well you don't see him being kidnapped he's been kidnapped okay and then the video the girl who plays the video woman who plays the video vixen is this like badass black widow-esque agent who goes to go and rescue him beats up the men who have taken her lover 
um, hostage who is who is played by World in like a jealous rage. Absolutely love it. Like honestly, one of my favorite songs of the past six months. One of my favorite World songs. It was produced by a Nigerian producer TMXO, who's like a dance electro artist, and he has this project out an EP out already called TMX. Zero zero one Ad Ali which is really dope. Okay, and this is a TMXO Stan account. I really, really love his work, and I think the two of them together on this song, so 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 good. I was washing the dishes as I was listening to this project. I think about two weeks ago, because you know me. As I said, I like to sit with my project for a little bit before we come and sit down and I give you guys my review. And I was watching, when I was first listening to this, yeah? Before I even watched the video, yeah? When I was listening to this project and washing the dishes, I ran back to my phone. I went to go and play this song back three more times before I could move on and do anything. So, without further ado, let's just play the sample for you guys. Because, ah. She don't want me loving nobody. And do you hear what I was hearing? Giving me dance, giving me electro, giving me quite so all at the same time. <sighs> anyway, it's followed by a song called Story and the guitar riffs on the song. Absolutely love it. It's stuff that you can wind your waist to and just jam to. Also added that to my playlist. Um, followed by a song called Wyo that was produced by Kel P. Um, Kel P produced Burner Boy and Zlatan's song, Killing Them and a whole bunch of other hits. And when I was going through the EP, this is the song... That I noticed the first song that had the star in it. You know that star that you get on Apple Music that shows that maybe this is a song that a lot of people are listening to. That a, a lot of people really like. I think it's a nice song. But I don't think it's even the best song <laughs> on the EP. I was like, did you guys not hear Story and Love Nobody before you got to YO? Or what's going on? But anyway, I really liked the sax on this song. I loved the melody on this song. And I think there definitely needs to be an East African remix to this. I can hear Swahili on it. Honestly, I I don't even know what else to say. It's it's a great song. Like I said, not my favorite song, but um, definitely a song I I really enjoyed, on there. Um, followed by a song called "Can't Come Outside," which, also was not one of my favorite songs, but I couldn't change the track, because of how well he just presents his music. Like world is just out of this world. And finally, he closes the project with some high life on a song called Birthday Song and Palm Wine Express. And it features Zeal from legendary Ghanaian group VVIP. I think the song was perfect for an older audience um, and the perfect close to the project. It was. It, it, I can just see him perform this at opulent weddings and birthdays. It's that kind of vibe. It's your birthday, it's your birthday, make a wish, Okay, now let's give my final thoughts. I honestly think this is one of the most solid projects to come out this year. I hope it gets its flowers. 
And I realized I could listen to this 10, 20, 30 years from now and still be like, damn, this young gentleman was doing the damn things. His delivery is so open. He gives each track his all. And I couldn't help but shake the feeling that if this is the EP, what is a world album going to sound like? So shout out to you, world. I think you absolutely struck gold smack bang in the middle of the old and the new with Afro Soul. You have my eternal standship. Add to playlist. Definitely nobody. Otherwise, do not speak to me. <laughs> and story, you've got to add it as well. And a birthday song. What is the score? I'm going to give it a very full, very fair 8.1 out of 10. And to close it off, why not play story for you guys? Shall we review? But it's not quite the end of the show. We're going to get into your WhatsApp broadcast. This is not like the fake book news that you read. This is news and recommendations that you actually need. First up, I decided this week, let's turn this segment into a little bit of a movie house of sorts to give you guys some recommendations on stuff that I think that you should watch and check out. I think I'm going to actually make this a weekly thing. We'll do this every week. Because I just got on Netflix. I know, I'm late to the party. I watch stuff on I watch stuff on YouTube. And like, I don't really watch stuff. I read more, really and truly. And I listen to music and do this podcast. Anyway, so this week, we're going to talk about South Africa's blood and water. I already told you about it last week. It is the South African Netflix original set in, in a South African prep school in Cape Town. It follows one girl, Puleng, who is basically getting her Nancy Drew on, investigating the disappearance of her sister. Now, last week I just told you about it. This week we're going to do a little bit of a review about it. And I'm going to tell you why you should watch it, okay? First of all, a lot of these characters had me all over the place because they're teenagers, they're hormonal, of course. They made a bunch of foolish decisions. But I kept on switching sides with which characters I liked and which characters I now disliked. And it was a lot because it was only six episodes. And I watched them all at one go with my brother. And then afterwards, I was like, okay, so what now? <laughs> but it's really good. And apparently, um, Blood and Water was actually inspired by a true story that happened back in 1997, where um, a nurse by the name of Zepani, um, she was abducted in a hospital when... She was only three days old. The child was abducted in a hospital when it was only three days old in 1997. The family searched for the missing newborn, but they only found her 17 years later. Crazy. Now, let's get into the actors in this. There's a whole bunch of new talent, starting off with Ama Kwamata. Don't be fooled by the name. She's not from Ghana, although I wish she's South African. Who plays the role of Puleng. And then there's Kosi Ngema, who stars as Fikile, aka Fix. And then there's Tabang Moloba, which everybody, Molaba, who everybody's talking about, who plays the Hardy KB. If you like, like I said last week, if you like Elite, Gossip Girl, those kind of things, that's your, your preferred whatever to watch, then you'd really be into this. Even the sex scenes that I did not inspect today. I was like, I was watching with one eye because I was like, I didn't feel, I felt some type of way about watching because I was like, these are teenagers. Ew, no, that's wrong. But also, 
I understood that these are actors who are all over the age of 21 who are playing the roles of teenage. It was it was kind of it was weird for me. But um yeah, I get it. And it's not like, I mean, I was kind of doing things at their age too that I shouldn't have been doing. Okay? But it was very reminiscent even the sex scene in it for me was very reminiscent of Serena and Nate in Gossip Girl. You see, but it, it, I don't know, still, it was kind of creepy for me because they're supposed to be playing teenagers. But I guess if they did it in Gossip Girl, yeah. And this is not to discredit any teen actors, but I feel like probably the reason, number one, that they use um, actors who are over the age of 21 is so that they can do these type of scenes. And then also because I think no discrimination to or to discredit teen actors because they also work really hard and are really talented. But I also feel that they picked these older actors because they are probably more in touch and understand emotion better and know how to take that not only from their self but then portray that into a character. I think that maybe that was the reason. But anyway, at different points without watching this series, at the beginning of the series, it was kind of slow in the first couple of episodes and then it just went fast. I understood because they had to build a backstory, but I would have liked if a few more of the characters had been explored. And I think maybe that will happen in season two because they are definitely going to get renewed. There's a character called Reese who plays like your Regina George, spoiled rich girl, whatever. And she makes a comment in one of the episodes where she says not everyone can survive off their trust fund, off their trust fund. And I was like, where is this coming from? Can we build on wherever this is going? But hopefully they'll expand on stuff like that in season two. Even, for example, there's another character in there. I cannot remember his name. I don't know why I didn't note this down. Who is pansexual? And I was like, why is he in the in the, uh, series? He's such a bastard. <laughs> and I guess he lives by himself because his parents are not mentioned and not well they are mentioned but they're not visible in the series and i'm like where are his parents and why and why is he this way you know i wanted to answer all of those questions so we shall see but gotta say shout out to some of the older actors in the series as well gail mabaleni who plays the role of pulang's mom first of all she's stunning to look at she's so gorgeous she starred in the river scandal and generations which are all south african tv shows and i think she just did an excellent job oh no sorry not no she didn't do that that was Silo um make who is a legendary actor gil mabalani um starred as kilibukhile in the imposter sorry guys but yes she did do an absolutely stunning job um in this and Silo make who once you've watched the series, if you have watched The River, um, Scandal, or Generations before the South African TV shows, you'll be like, oh my god. But I absolutely love the amount of diversity that they had in this series. I think it was very true to the fact that South Africa is known as the Rainbow Nation because they have so many different colors and races of people that live within South Africa and that are South African. You know, so shout out to... Um, is it Michaela Matthews who plays the role of Tihara Khan? My bad. And I was like, of course they're going to have an Indian girl whose surname is Khan. I could have done a little bit more. But it's fine. We'll take it. We'll take it. We'll take it. Um, but yeah, I think this show was an accurate description of South Africa. I think it was a good peek into the middle and upper class. Although there were like little things that didn't sit too well with me. Like, for example, the character of Wade is jumping through Pulang's window at some point. They have no walls, no burglar bars. 
on the on the windows and I was like that doesn't really look like Africa to me like what part of Cape Town is that or South Africa that people don't have burglar bars I would like to see it but anyway I really like the show I think you guys should check it out what's the score I think I would give it a 6.5 out of 10 not that it's bad honestly and I know it seems like a very decent rating but I do think it's a it's a it's a great show. Just personally, that's the score that I'm giving it. Okay, if you don't like it, oh well. Moving on to the playlist, which is an Apple Music playlist curated curated by me for all of you guys. It's ten um, tracks from across the African continent and the diaspora that I think you need to check out. We've talked about some of them already. Love Nobody by World is in there. Agna um, Anger by Nikwe featuring Biko and Ali is in there. There's also a new artist that I discovered by the name of Sam Opoku, who music journalist um, Nambi, Namdi Okirike put me on. He has a song called, what is it? Yellow Santin. It's in the playlist. Go and find it there for you. I think it's really dope. Also, NSG has a song out called Porsche. I put it in there because I really like it. And I think you guys should check it out. Um, Askis by Jazz Disciples featuring Moonchild Senelli is an Amo Piano jam. Gotta check it out as well. Oranya, who we discussed his Imperfect EP, I think about two episodes ago, right on here on the podcast he has a new track out with Cascade. it's a feel free oh well the song is called feel free it is a dance song and this is actually what i wanted to hear from orania he has a new song coming out very soon that i've heard that i like and if you like this song feel free you'll like this song that he's about to release i ain't gonna say the title because i don't know if i'm allowed to but i think you're gonna like it because i like it and I also obviously threw some jewels in there. Um, we talked about this last week. He has a double single out. Well, a single out. Is it an EP? Because it's two tracks. I think it's a single. They say it's an EP. On Apple Music, it says it's a single. I don't know. Jewels and Sango is called Angele Nife. From their Fufu and Grid single. It's an Amapiano dance jam that I think you guys will like. So make sure you get it. It's available on the playlist. Okay, all you have to do is go to my Instagram or my Twitter. Especially if you go to my Instagram, click on the highlight reel that says the playlist. It will be right there, shining, ready for you. And of course, we can't leave without talking about the mix list, which is a one-hour plug-in-and-play mix by ADDJ and hosted by me. I know I said this last week that we were going to put out a new one, but I forgot. <laughs> so we'll do a new one maybe this coming week. But this one is still fire because I still play it. Um, during the week. It's just one hour of back-to-back jams, okay? And shall we close off the show with the reading list? This week, it is coming from one of my favorite blogs. We've had them on the show before, More Branches. It's an article by a writer called Nasir Ahmed, and it dives into the world of adult content creators in Nigeria. Now, specifically, we're talking about OnlyFans, okay? Now, for people who do not know what OnlyFans is, <laughs> look at how you guys are getting excited. <laughs> OnlyFans is an online platform where subscribers pay for exclusive content while supporting their favorite creators to improve their craft, um, which in turn yields better exclusive content. So this OnlyFans apparently was initially created for content creators, tra- um, trainers, and the like who used to upload content there so that they can get people to pay them for their exclusive content. But now it's become like, it's kind of different <laughs> because there's a whole bunch of adult entertainers there. 
is basically like intimate per- personalized porn. That's really what it is, really and truly. So in the article, um, Nasir interviews three female creators in their process, customer relations, and how much they really make as an African um, adult content creator of OnlyFans. I think it's a really interesting article, especially if you're someone who is considering um, opening up an OnlyFans account because they do reveal, give you an idea of some of the kind of money that they make. I saw one chick who started um, OnlyFans about a month ago in South Africa and she's made 13,000 rands, which is the equivalent of about a thousand three, give or take, about a thousand three, no, maybe about a thousand dollars. Like US dollars. Okay, so if that sounds like a career that you're looking into, Beyonce already said go ahead on that demon time. And yeah, the reading list, of course, will be available for you. I will tweet the link so that you guys can check out the full article. Or you can just go onto my Instagram, like I said already, click on the highlight reel that is the reading list and it will be there for you. But that now brings us to the end of another supercalifragilisticexpialidocious episode of Can We Talk, the podcast. Gotta say a special shout out to Akrawi Day for always hosting us. And thank you to you to list for listening and sharing. You better be sharing this podcast. I don't see why you should have nice things to yourself. Share it with your friends. Tweet it. Instagram it. Or whatever. I repost all of you. And also, for the first time, I have no idea what is next up. I have no idea what we're going to talk about next week. Um, so if you are an artist, a creative, a business owner, whatever it is, you'd like us to uh, review your content on this show, make sure you get in touch with me. My email address is info.officialkwami at gmail.com or just simply go on any of my social media pages and just send me a DM. Let's talk business. My rates are not too bad. So, you know, we have to keep the podcast running. We have to eat too. Okay, send me an email. Let's talk. Let's see what's, what action we can do. Got to say a special shout out to our sponsor for this episode one more time. It's busy Group Botswana. I told you guys you can get face shields for them. They're only 55 Pula if you live in Khabaruni, Botswana. And all you have to do is call them on plus 267-749895888. Lord, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. It really was for me an emotional rollercoaster. I don't know how you feel. From cussing people out to laughing, to uh, just celebrating all around life. Okay, yet again, I am rambling. I will leave you with this word. Like I said before, if you see any injustice of any kind, it is up to you as a human being to speak up. If you cannot do something about it, um, or just spread awareness, whether you're posting about it, protesting about it, um, educating yourself about it, encouraging people to do something about it, donating, whatever it is that you can do. Let's all work together to make this world a better place for each and every single one of us. Finally, I am so glad that I can let go of, well, not let go of the podcast. Of course, we're going to be back next week because Saturdays are for Kwame. But at last, I have not been able to listen to Lady Gaga's uh, Chromatica album and I've been itching to get into it for like the past two days. So I'm going to finally get into it now that this podcast is phew, free anyway love you guys um yeah catch you next week because to god be the glory bye bye